The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds, where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. All right, 1420 in the morning, a special for 1420 for Sunday. This show is brought to you by SeatGeek.com and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase over there at SeatGeek by using promo code 1420POD, as always. And thank you very much for making this a part of your day each and every day here at 1420 World Headquarters. Uh, and remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com for all their great articles and uh, other podcasts, such as Corner Booth Podcast, Rise of the Occasion, and my, one of my favorites, as you guys know, the guys over at Craft Root Sports. Always a good time with Mike and the guys over at Craft Root Sports. Well, there it is. The Edmonton Oilers, they, uh, they made their bed they said this is what we're doing it as i uh, kind of hinted that a little bit with my article for the 1420sportsbar.com go check that out that uh, changes were going to be coming in oilers land no i'm not some sort of nostradamus or soothsayer by any means the oilers got off that horrible two nine and one start with a win last night they're three nine and one but you had to know that change were going to come you can't fire 25 players so what do you do you fire the coach it was announced just over an hour ago that uh, coach jay woodcroft and dave manson were both relieved of their duties this morning from the oilers coaching staff and they're uh, thanks by sia and they're going to be replaced by uh they're going to be replaced by chris knobloch and uh well-known chris knobloch around these parts he coached the kootenai ice a few years back to western hockey championship uh most recently with the hartford Wolfpack of the ahl uh and then uh, paul coffee is going to be joining uh behind the bench with uh with knobloch to to succumb to uh to shore up that oilers defense see what you can do i got a, a little thought on that in half a second as well but the uh the, the coaching change is a bit of a surprise for when it happened last night uh they got the win last night that it hasn't been i don't think it's been a coaching problem yes there are a lot of people out there that said that woodcroft changed the uh, coaching philosophy the defensive philosophy of the oilers team over the offseason to try to copycat what the las vegas knights did golden knights i guess vegas golden knights as they like to be called they changed their coaching philosophy in in oil country to try to mimic that because national hockey league is a, a a copycat league because the the vegas golden knights were successful well why, why shouldn't the oilers go out and do that same thing it's all fine and dandy to blame this one on on Woodcroft, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to put money on it. Everything and that uh, not that uh, sorry that Woodcroft wasn't the one that was behind this coaching philosophy and this defensive zone change and everything else. That is a, a decision that's made within uh, within the management group, within the coaching staff, within all everybody who's involved with the with the with the way the, the game is played and with the the way the game is coached. This wasn't one one morning Woodcroft woke up and goes, you know what? I'm going to change everything that that made it successful in the in the last few years. Yes, they didn't get to a Stanley Cup champion. They didn't get to the finals like they would hope, but I, I'm going to guarantee you it wasn't uh, it wasn't just Woodcroft who made this decision. This has to start with Ken Holland and filter on through through the hockey ops and whoever's involved in that, and uh, that had to be a decision made that probably a decision that wasn't made night, light, uh, lightly, but it was a decision that was made in a, a, a different uh, uh, playing philosophy and a coaching philosophy was instituted this year for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, 
I just find it odd that uh, they they place always place the blame on the coach. And yeah, like I said just a, a few 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 moments ago, that you can't fire all the players because that's just not not logical and that's not the way payrolls work and everything else. But you look at McDavid and what he's done this season. It's it's not very good. He didn't get a point last night in Seattle. He's uh, only got I think he's on pace for sixty five points or sixty eight points this year. He only has two goals. And there's guys like J T. Campbell, Bobby Brink, and Pius Suter, uh, well known names around the uh, the National Hockey League. If you guys can name where those three guys play. You're going to 14, 20 prize pack uh, that I will hand deliver to you if you could tell me where those three guys play. But when McDavid's only got the two goals, yeah, he seems to be a bit dinged up. He was injured, but he he would look like he was playing a little better, playing a little bit of hop in his step with that game last week with it with the with the Vancouver Canucks. He looked like he had something going, but the puck's just not going in the net. He's not getting anything done. Uh, they got the three goal performance last night from Zach Hyman, uh, natural hat trick in, in the uh, in the first period that set the Oilers off to their first win. And it seems like uh, well, since uh, about two weeks ago. I guess when that winter classic game happened or heritage classic, whatever it's called. So I don't think you can blame, uh, the the defensive change everything else on on what the McDavid's lack of production this year like remember last year he had 63 goals this I think he had and 153 points whatever the, the uh, ungodly numbers were and this year he's on pace for 68 points total and so when you have a team that's built uh, with McDavid supposed to score goals and dry settled to get any again last night and he's really he seems to be really gripping a lot, a lot right now and not uh, playing with a lot of confidence uh, when you have a guy that's supposed to score you 100 and 120 130 points and when your your team philosophy is built around that and you're paying the guy to do it and then he doesn't produce well that's going to spell problems for the coach no matter what then you have the, the goaltending situation the well-documented uh, goaltending situation in in Edmonton with Stuart Skinner he played okay last night got the uh, 18 saves or 17 saves and 18 shots so it, but he hasn't been good, and that's just one of those things. He hasn't been good. And Campbell, he's down in the minors. He hasn't been good either, and that's just the way that's all played out uh, for them. And now they, they're going to try to – they'll run with they'll run with Skinner from here on in and see what they can do and and, and possibly uh, try to get some wins. We'll get to that in half a second too. But it, it's I don't think you can blame former head coach uh, Jay Woodcroft on this – on the lack of production from McDavid. I don't think it's a thing at all. And then you, you, you get to a guy – uh, who, who I've liked throughout his career. He's been a long-time Oiler, been there since the day he got drafted uh, 12, 13 years ago now. It's been there a long time uh, in Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He had a breakout season last year, 100-plus points. A lot of them on, the, on that power play that was so fantastic for the Oilers last year. They're, they were almost automatic at a point last season where they were just scoring at will every every time they were on the ice. But this year, things have not gone very well for for the, for the Nuge. He's got three points, I think, in total, uh, three or three on the power play or four points in total. It doesn't much matter. It's not very good whatever he's got. He gets paid a pretty handsome amount of money. And you think like he's, he had a career high last year. I get that. Uh, but it's one of those things when they, that's another guy when they, they, you, you think he's going to score and you think he's going to get points and he doesn't get points. That's, that's a more of a reflection on the player, not on the former, the former head coach. So like, like I said, when you build a team and you, you have these expectations of these guys that are, that are supposed to put up numbers for you to, to, to progress forward and do what you're supposed to do. And if they don't do it, then you have a major problem. And it's not, it's not going to get it, get it done. You, you, then you go to, to the, the defensive side of the puck and Darnell nurse. It's not his fault. He, he's making nine and a half million bucks or whatever it is. Uh, anybody who listens to 1420 podcast, if they would uh, turn down that kind of money, they're lying. They're 100% lying to you. He was offered a contract and he took it, whether he held out or not. I do not know. I do not care, but somebody in Oilerland decided to pay him 9.5 million bucks a year. And that's just way too much for a player of nurses uh 
Nurse's pedigree. He's a good player, not a great player. Is because he's, he's not he's not any anywhere near Kale McCarrish kind of a hockey player. And he got paid to be uh, like when you pay a guy nine and a half million bucks, that that hurts your 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 what you can do with your payroll. And Nurse is 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 not that kind of a player who should have been paid that that amount of money. And I I don't like that contract. I don't like how it's uh it's all gone out. He's only got four points this year. Uh, guys like Dip, not another fourteen twenty prize pack is up for grabs. If you can name where these guys play, uh, Dylan Samello and and Jake. Wallman, uh, they they all have more points than Darnell Nurse at his nine point two five or nine point five million bucks a year, and it's he topped out at forty three points in his career last year. So I think that that, that overpayment of Nurse. Hurts hurts that Oilers team a lot, and they're hamstrung with that contract. You can't go out and get peace players. You can't go out and get third and fourth liners to put the puck in the net. And that, once again, is not on Jay Woodcroft at all. Jay Woodcroft didn't learn, didn't uh, mismanage his team. Jay Woodcroft did not uh, undercoach his team last year. He was a media darling and everything else, and how he got the Oilers. And then the year before, with the Oilers getting to uh, getting close to go, going to the finals, remember they they lost the Stanley the the eventual Stanley Cup champions the last two years in a row. So it's not on Woodcroft in, in my opinion. This is still on Ken Holland and everything else. And I don't like making that coaching change right now. He was, was it, uh, it's, it kind of stinks a little bit. Cause you remember Knobloch was McDavid's coach in Erie in uh, his last couple of years of junior or his only two years of junior. So is this a case of the inmates running the asylum? Because, it, and cause this is this McDavid's fifth coach he's been through. And that, that's a lot of coaches and it's in eight, eight years to uh, keep recycling through and, and hoping something works. So did McDavid pout a little bit and finally get the guy he wanted behind the bench after eight years of, uh, of not, winning and not doing anything because it just it, it just stinks to high heaven that they got a guy with zero NHL experience going behind the bench to, to take over a team that's struggling and the, the, yeah they'll probably get the, uh, the 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 coach bump the new coach bump they went two out two out of five or three out of five or four out of five because they got a pretty tough road trip going out the east coast Florida Tampa and uh, Carolina Hurricanes that are that are pretty good those are all three pretty good hockey teams and they got Seattle at home and the Islanders at home tomorrow night so you, you got to figure they're going to win those two games at home and everybody saw they should have made this coaching change long long time ago look how great of a coach Knobloch is look what Paul Coffey's done and they're going to get that bump they'll probably win these next two games have a three-game winning streak and everything oh just look at this look how smart Holland is again so Holland saved saved the season but that's not that's not the way it's going to work out I don't think there's a team that's it's a team that struggles a lot and it's a team that's just not very good right now and that the contracts are kind of hurting them and you have your, your top two guns not putting the puck in the net they're supposed to put the puck in the net it just doesn't turn out well and as far as having Paul Coffey behind the bench I don't know like what do I know? I don't. I don't. I, I don't know the guy by any means. It just seems to me that putting a uh, like a Hall of Fame coach or a Hall of Fame player, sorry, behind the bench is a little bit tough because you you can't teach what Coffee knew. Like he can't. Like you, like remember when Gretzky was behind, was behind the bench in in Arizona? He couldn't. He couldn't. Um, communicate with what he knew and how he played the game with the way the the new players play the game and you, you, you can't teach that 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 mentality that's something that's uh, that's ingrained in your soul and you, you remember the way coffee played he's he was he was such an effortless skater and you can't teach that like the game's a lot different now and the the way the game is played and the skill level of what the Oilers have they don't have that Paul coffee kind of a, a mentality and it's just see it's good I don't know if it's going a great decision putting coffee behind the bench I mean it's not gonna it probably can't hurt I mean it doesn't much matter 
matter. But uh, you, you look at that Edmonton, the uh, Vancouver Canucks team was a, a rough and tumble guy like Rick talking behind the bench. And he, he calls out his team and he's a, I, I like it, the way he coaches that. Like we talked with Jeff Patterson last week, the way he coaches that team along with Adam Foot out in Vancouver, how they've got a little bit of snarl to him. And those guys played with some snarl in their careers and they they found a way to uh, communicate with that Canucks team. The Canucks team, they lost last night to, uh, to Toronto, but um, you, you just, I don't know if this coaching change is the right move right now to make for the Oilers. They should have just stuck it out and saw, and, and, and saw, saw what they had for, for the rest of the year. Cause it's just, I, I don't know if it's going to make any difference. Like I said, they'll get the, they'll get the little bump and they'll, they'll win a few games and they'll, they'll end up uh, maybe kind of maybe hunting down a playoff, a playoff race, but they got to play 750 hockey from here on in. And like I said, they might get those the next two wins with the Islanders and, and the Seattle Kraken who are, who are definitely scuffling a little bit, but um, you just, you just think that this one kind of stinks to high heaven. I think that this one's kind of, it's kind of an ugly look for McDavid uh, kind of, did he cry and whine or, or just not cry and whine? That's the wrong term, but, or did he, did he say something? Maybe why don't we get, uh, why don't we go get Knobloch behind the bench? He's my coach and junior. Everybody likes him. He's a good guy. It was at one of those situations. Could just to, to pick a guy out of the out of the uh, out of the wood pile like that. It just kind of it's an odd situation, and I don't know why they would have made this the, the decision now because if they if they were, if they were having to get a different coach, if they because was Knobloch getting picked up by somebody else in, in a hurry? Probably not. Like it's not like the enemy's uh, banging down the door for him to be the next head coach of, the, of their hockey team. So why this decision was made now is a bit of a mystery. I would have let I I, I would have let Woodcroft coach these next two games at home, see what they got going, and then go on that little road that that road trip out east, and then because that's that's going to be the the real telltale sign of what kind of hockey club this is and making this move right now is kind of I think it's setting up Knobloch to kind of fail a little bit and you're not going to see what kind of coach he can be and what he can do with this hockey club uh, I don't like the move I, I think firing coaches is such a knee-jerk reaction this team is built by one and only Ken Hall. We talked about that on Friday. That this is not a very good hockey team right now. And the the, the nurse contract, I think, is the worst one that, that that that's hurting them a little bit. And you just wonder how it's all going to play out in the, in the coming uh, coming week and a half ahead. It's just it's a, it's an odd look. It was an odd time to fire a guy after the San Jose loss. I would have done it. Uh, maybe you didn't didn't want to be on the road or whatever. I don't know. But after the San Jose um, deal, the, the, that's probably when I would have done it. But maybe it was one of those things where Knobloch had a game or whatever, and the all the the irons were in the fire already. Who knows? It's just a it's a it's an odd look. It's an odd it's an odd way that this team is just kind of playing out before our eyes. And McDavid kind of getting his own guy in there. It, it stinks a little bit to me. Like it could be just a conspiracy theory. It could be just a theory or whatever. I'd like to hear other people's thoughts on that. If the if you, how you you feel about uh, Knobloch being put in and, and McDavid maybe picking and choosing that like, yes he's a superstar and yes he's the best player for the game. So you're you're going to be asking like I'm sure Ken Holland and the coaching and the rest of the coaching staff and management group went out and they went and had a conversation with McDavid about what he thought and who he thought thought maybe to come in but just to to have him come in and his, his old junior coach it just kind of stinks to me and that for especially for a guy with no nhl experience i, I know you everybody you have to get your first job eventually and it has to it has to work out but usually you're not going to go out and and grab a guy at this stage in the game that doesn't have the nhl experience yeah he's been in the hl for quite a few years now but just to go out and grab this guy it, it's kind of a it's kind of a different look for me and i i just like let, let me know what you guys think at 1420 sports uh, at gmail.com or uh Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, whatever. Just uh, let let me know what you think. It's just uh, it's an ugly one. Coaches get fired no matter what throughout the National Hockey League. It's not going to be the last one this year. It's not going to be the, uh, the, the 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 last time the Oilers fire a coach probably in the next few years. It's just like he'll get hired to get fired again. It's just the way it works. It's McDavid, he's got a he, if he's hurt. They shouldn't have been playing him because they were going to. They lost with him, so why not just lose without him and let him rest up? If he's not hurt, then then that's a bigger problem. And uh, you know the 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 uh, 
dry silence of the world. They got to start playing a little bit better. He had a shift the other night that was just awful. He didn't look good. He was coasting around the ice, not doing anything. So that's how many games without a point. So you get those guys not putting the puck in that. That's what you got. You got a team that's uh, three, nine, and one right now in big jeopardy. They made a change it, and they're trying to do something. I mean, I guess if they didn't fire the coach and they they, they lose the next the next five, we're having a different conversation, right? So it's just the, the timing of it, how it all looked. It kind of stinks to high heaven to me, and I'm not sure how I like it. Let me know what your thoughts. And uh, yeah, just it's, it's, it's a curious thing out, up there in oil country. Calgary Flames, they look like they're going to uh, have a rebuild now. They had a player, I uh, can't remember his name, doesn't much matter. Uh, he's uh, asked for a trade through his, his agent on Twitter, you know, blah, blah. So it's just uh, it's, or the, the Flames are going to scuffle all season long. Leafs looked good last night, though, against Vancouver. They, they really they got some goaltending, and they put the puck in the net, and it was a pretty good-looking uh, Leafs team last night. Uh, make sure you guys check out all our podcasts we did this week. I, I did that one with Jim, fan of the van yesterday, about uh, about the, uh, the Yankees' woes and how that's all going to turn out in the coming weeks and months and years ahead with the Yankees and then uh, all the great uh, interviews I had all week long with the, the National Hockey League. We've got a bunch of guys in the sports media world that were uh, more than gracious to come on the show. So make sure you guys check all those out either on YouTube and you should subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it and uh, or up uh, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, yeah, and make sure you go to the 1420sportsbar Dot com to check out uh, some great articles that I've written and put together. Red Linsky's Ramblings was a pretty good one list this week. I uh, I uh, put stuff on there. It makes me my uh, my brain uh, wrinkle a little bit. But the one about the, who's a better degreaser, Sandy or Don, and there's a lot of people I know don't get it because I was at the Hurricanes game here in Lethbridge on Friday night, and one of somebody that I know came up to me and said, "Is, is it? Uh, it's, I'm old and I know who, know who Sandy is, so he he got the joke." But anyways, make sure you go check out Red Linsky's Ramblings at the 1420 Sports Bar. Dot com and check out some of the great articles and everything 1420 related is right up there for your reading pleasure. And here's a uh, little word from our friends at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the ticketing app for fans like the High Five Strangers guy. Game-winning interception. First down. Just a nice, solid tackle. If you're in arm's length, you will be swapping skin with this extrovert. You see, he knows SeatGeek got him a great deal on tickets so we can focus on what he does best, smacking palms. SeatGeek handles the tickets to sports, concerts, and more, so fans can fan. That's uh, promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today to save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase over there at SeatGeek. Get your, start buying some Christmas presents, stocking stuffers, put some tickets in someone's uh, stocking, get uh, get that going for the holiday season, which is right around the corner. Now that Remembrance Day is done, I hope everybody took a, a moment yesterday to remember all the veterans and everything else that uh, – that allow us to do the things that we do on a, on a yearly basis every year that, uh, that you, you they kind of get forgotten about. And you think about what was going on. Like you watch those ceremonies that were on TV yesterday and last night before the, 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 the Leafs game there, you, you, you watch that and it's very, uh, it's heartfelt and it's, it must be a, a painful reminder, but like they, I, I'm, it's who, uh, to, to the stuff that you read about how war actually was and and uh, fighting for our freedom, like those special guys in World War One and World War Two, that was actually about um, preserving our freedoms that we have, and not some other wars that have gone on. I'm not saying anything bad about the veterans who served in the, those wars, but World War One and World War Two, that uh, that allows us to do what we do and uh, to do this kind of stuff on a daily basis. So make sure, even though it was yesterday, um, maybe take a moment. Uh, you should do it every day. Like a poppy should be worn every day, not just uh, up to November 11th and call it good. It's one of those things. So it's. Uh, it's it's just, uh, yeah, it's heartfelt, and it gets it gets uh, people talking and thinking about what went on uh, all those years ago. But anyways, here is a uh, let's get to uh, birthdays and on this days, and uh, get everybody to enjoy their uh, the rest of their Sunday. Uh, make sure you make us a part of the rest of your week as well, right? So here it is. Here it is. Uh, 
On this day in 1986, Roger Clemens of the Boston Red Sox won the American League Cy Young Award for the first time in his career. He went 24-4 on the season, leading the Red Sox to a World Series berth. The Red Sox lost to the New York Mets. But anyways, Clemens was also named to the All-Star game that season, as well as the American League MVP after posting a 2.48 ERA in the in 330 innings that he he pitched, uh, Clemens uh, he finished 10 games that he studied of the 33 games that he started that he started. When the Cy- Clemens would go on to win the Cy Young Award seven times in his career, three times with the uh, with the Red Sox, twice with the Toronto Blue Jays, and once with the Yankees, and once with the Houston Astros. Where he, and he had a career low ERA of 1.87 uh, with the Astros that year. In his 24 year uh, year career, he had a record of 354 and 184 with 118 complete games and 3.12 ERA, 4,672 strikeouts, and was an 11-time All-Star with stops in Boston, Toronto, Houston, and New York with the Yankees as well. Uh, a couple of times there, but yeah, Clemens, yeah, say what you want about Roger Clemens and his career, the guy uh, and the steroids and the, uh, the HGH and everything else that's going, the misremembering story that he had with Andy Pettit. It's one of the most famous lines still to this day, but say what you want. Uh, I think he should be a Hall of Famer. He would say everybody was doing it. And to, so one of those things, Clemens was an all-time great and one of the most uh, feared pitchers in the history of baseball. No, Clemens was, uh, he's a Hall of Famer and if, uh, it's, a, it's a shame that he's not in the Hall of Fame because he's, uh, uh, he's a part of part of history. Except seven Cy Young awards and the four thousand plus strikeouts, and on and on and on it goes. It's uh, it's a shame that he's not in there, but uh, everybody knows that Clemens is a Hall of Famer. If you're a ba- if you watch baseball, you know that Clemens is a Hall of Famer. And uh, here we go. Happy 79th birthday to Al Michaels, born on this day in 1944 in Brooklyn, New York. Michaels grew up a Brooklyn Dodger fan, and he and his family moved to Los Angeles in 1958. The same year Brooklyn moved. From uh from Brooklyn to LA that year, uh, Michael's first sports broadcasting job came in 1967 when he was hired to do public relations and be a color commentator with the LA Lakers. He was fired after just four games because Lakers radio play-by-play man Chick Hearns displeasure with working with such a young uh, Al Michaels in the broadcast booth. Uh, Michaels has called 13 Super Bowls, seven World Series, been a part of of either the host or play-by-play caller in eight Olympics, including. Uh, what might be the most memorable moment in all of sports history, the miracle on ice back in 1980, the U.S. hockey team. And here is that uh, that soundbite from 1980. Yeah, that's uh, one of the all-time greatest sports moments, not just hockey moments, greatest sports moments in the history of anything. Like it's, uh, 1980, the Cold War was on with Russia and everything else, and the way they had that American college, group of college kids beat the, uh, the the mighty, mighty Russians back in 1980. I was uh, six years old at the time, so I remember it a little bit. I, I, remember, I actually remember watching the game uh, that uh, that afternoon. It was uh, something to behold, and that, that's a soundbite. When you, when you say, do you believe in miracles, everyone knows exactly who said it and exactly what the game was and what the stakes were, and it was, uh, it was an amazing accomplishment. I remember Jim Craig was in that, Mike Caruzioni, and uh, yeah, just all of it uh, was uh, such a great, 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 great uh, moment in sports history. And like, not even just for for uh, American hockey fans, but hockey fans right across the world, sports fans, because the Olympics, you know how big they are. But uh, yeah, so that was uh, Al Michaels. Happy birthday to Al Michaels. Anyways, there's our uh, 14:20 in the morning special emergency edition with the firing of Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. And uh, good luck to Chris Knobloch. You're going to need it. And with Paul Coffey on your side there, you never know what might happen. Maybe it's a turnaround the Oilers need. And they're going to go and win. It's a tough, uh, tough five, five game stretch for them coming up here with three of those, uh, those three games 
uh, out on the East Coast with uh, two Florida teams with Tampa and, and the Florida Panthers. And then, of course, the Carolina Hurricanes, who are no slouch whatsoever in the National Hockey League. So it should be an interesting to see how it goes. Make sure you check out some other podcasts as you're uh, wrapping up your weekend here and everything else. Go to our YouTube channel, watch a bunch of those too, because, uh, yeah, it all it all helps the show a lot, and we we appreciate uh, everything, all the people who, who do support us. So uh, there it is. There it is, 1420 in the morning for this Sunday uh, afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks, and remember, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's get into it.